welcome to episode 50, the big 5-0 of Fish Across the Pond, Miami Marlins UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and I'm delighted to be joined by, oh, well, the, the tripod is back. The boys are back in town, of course, for the big 50 in the leadoff spot as normal. Lee Dobbs. Lee, how are you? I am as good as always. Good man. The number two spot, Dan Healy. Dan, how are we? I am very, very well, Pete. Good man, good man. And in the cleanup spot, as normal, Rob Newell. Rob, how are we? Yeah, we've reached our half century. Uh, unfortunately, it, uh, the, the original plan was we were all going to do this on South Beach, weren't we? But COVID has <laughs> unfortunately put pay to that. But yeah, that is true. It's uh, an, an achievement that we're here. Absolutely. Well, let's 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 kind of take the time now and make the commitment, lads, for the hundred, for the century. Let's make it happen, if we can, if uh, if everything is back to to normal. I guess it will be next season. We we do the hundred in Marlins Park, um, in in a terrace of your choice. So, got let's, make it, me, mate. let's make it happen, guys. We'll there, Listen, yeah. Firstly, I need to start this podcast off in the right way, and that is this way. Opening up this Goose Island IPA. There she is. So cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. For the first 50 and many 50s after it. I need to thank you, boys, firstly. It's been... When I think back about pulling this podcast together, just as an idea, as a concept, we'd never met. We'd, in, we'd spoken on maybe Twitter, you know, as you do. Um, I put the idea out there of, listen, who's up for it? And you boys all put your hand up and said, yeah, I'm up for it. And um, when I look back at this pod now, and this is how I describe it to anyone else who asked me about it, um, I say to them, I, even if we went through a year of casting, I wouldn't have cast it and we could not have cast this podcast any better. We absolutely nailed it. So that was absolutely by luck and not judgment. It was you three put your hands up and no one else did. So... <laughs> <laughs> but I've I've, had, yeah. I've I've absolutely loved it, guys. It's been it's been an incredible journey in the last eighteen months for this podcast and and for us. And I've I've just really enjoyed, you know, coming together on a weekly basis once the season's up and running, and just talking Marlins baseball with with like minded guys. So thanks to you got to you guys, and as well, we've got some really nice listener feedback that we'll sprinkle out within this episode. So. There'll be some familiar, I guess, names and, and faces that have added some feedback with their favorite episode or or guest or or whatever. So it's it's really great. And that's why we do it. We come together, have a bit of fun, but equally, you know, it's great to know that people are still listening. <laughs> that's a positive. Um, and um and, and that we're, you know, bringing some some good content to them. So right. On that backdrop, guys, we need to start and we need to be reflective. I'd like us to be reflective and look back and just talk through. We'll go around the horn as normal um, and we'll we'll be reflective in terms of our favorite episode or guest or segment or any of them, any mix and match element of them. Um, and just kind of talk through some of our highlights that, that we've um, that we've, I guess, seen over the past 18 months. And maybe for listeners are thinking, oh, yeah, I forgot about that or a I missed or, or also I missed that episode. Then they have an opportunity to go back and and check it out. So, Lee Dobbs, I'll come to you first. What's 
what's the episode that stands out for you, mate? There's been been so many good you know good ones, but I'll you know I'll be sentimental and say the first one. Yeah, for me, who's been a Marlins fan, you know, for years and years, you know, you know, long long before Twitter, you know, you know, you know, and all that lot. You know, it 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 was often you know you know like a lonely place, you know, like to be to be a Marlins fan, because there's no one who I knew who was a Marlins fan, or who 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 was he was even a baseball fan, you know, you know for that matter. So like you know it so so for me, I've just re- really enjoyed enjoy chatting, you know, about baseball. About Marlins, you know, because I had so 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 many years where it was just just me, you know, you know, sitting up at three three a.m. You know, all, you know like uh, alone, no yeah. Twitter, you know, in them days. So yeah, Gamble for me, it's, for me, it's, yeah, 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 you know, with Johnny and Josh and Dave, you know, yeah. on Channel Five, you know, the, the glory days. But yeah, so so for me, it's just been great. To be able to, to be able to chat with like you know you know like like you know, like minded fans, you know, and friends now, you know, as well. We you know we come a long way. So yeah, for me that first episode stands out. I mean that we we were all really, you know, poor. <laughs> I think it's fair to say, you know. That's unfair. That's unfair, <laughs> Lee. I, I would describe you, Dan and Rob being absolutely awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just a, a, a quiet, bumbling mess because uh, there was some serious <laughs> broadband issues, yes, yes. microphone issues. Yeah, uh, but, but you know, in 50, 50, 50 episodes, we know we've come a long way. So, you know, since then, so yeah, for me, that first episode stands out. You know, yeah, and it was the first of many more to come as well. Absolutely. Um, favorite guest, special guest that we've had. Uh, I mean, I I liked all of them. I mean, Danny's Danny's is always good, but Glenn Gaffner for me, you know, he's he's always you know, on point. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it's it's the ones when Glenn Glenn's been on, you know, yeah. they've always been been good for me. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. A, a lot of feedback. There's been a lot of buzz for for Glenn, and uh, I'm not surprised by that. And equally, yeah. I need to. I want to personally thank Glenn while we're on on air. I I need to personally thank Glenn for his time support guidance and um and efforts really uh that that he's kind of put into this podcast as well so glenn i know you'll be listening probably walking the dogs um thanks thanks as well to you um dan healy same to you buddy what's what's the standout moment for you and 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 same and and from a guest perspective who's who's been your favorite so far yeah i've um I've got three little nuggets that, uh, that that stand out. The first one, as um, as Lee said, was the first episode, just because well, Lee has already summarised it pretty well. But just for how uh, we literally had only spoken very very <laughs> briefly, um, just on the phone for about five minutes before, like just to say that you're still up for this, and we was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, let's crack on. And just how, when you listen back, just how terrible the, the, the quality is, and just the con. I mean, what we're what we're talking about is fine, but just the, it just sounds like we was in a cave somewhere, and just uh, it, that where where we've come now. I mean, right now, I, I look at um, we're doing this on Skype, and I look at our host with his expensive mic, and uh, 
sitting there with you know sipping his drink and in all these zoom phone calls and with all the media and i think wow what a long way uh what a long way pete's communications have come <laughs> to where it started so that always remains very special um i also really really enjoyed the episodes when pete had uh several uh holidays booked here there and everywhere and we took the mic from him um, i really enjoyed them i thought you know the, the chance to so I, I had one episode myself uh, where I, I hosted one, and that was before I was uh, I was picking up the mic doing my my my, my he podcast. So that was a great experience to to be a part of the success um, of, of Fish Across the Pond, and also with Rob doing the same thing, just a brilliant hosting job he did. So uh, they was really enjoyable, with something a little bit different. And um, I think the one that stands out as my favourite um, would one hundred percent, without doubt, be the live. In bar, London <laughs> Stadium, um, live uh, in, in interviews or whatever we call them. Just being in that packed bar, in yeah. amongst other like-minded baseball fanatics from the UK, from all all, all across the team spectrum. Um, that was pretty special to be able to talk to some, some other guys that I've never spoken to before, apart from maybe occasionally on Twitter. But the hustle and bustle in an incredible event, a historic event. Uh, in the sunshine of the shadow and the shadows of the London Stadium, just a brilliant day to do that um, there and then in the bars was uh, was pretty cool. So that was uh, that was brilliant. So they're, they're the three that stand out for me. Um, in terms of a guest, um, very much echoing what what Lee said. That I can listen to Danny Martinez just talk all day about Marlins. He's uh, he's he's just got, in my opinion, unrivaled knowledge. Um, I can always listen to what he's got to say. And uh, you've already said it, but I'll echo it uh, with with Glenn. A uh, massive supporter of our podcast. Uh, unfortunately, my trip to Miami for opening day was cancelled, but um, Glenn was doing all he could to, to pull out the stops to make my visit when it was going to be there um, a very, very special one. Um, gave me the chance to meet him, to come and see how his day works, to go down and watch the team practice before. Um, was even going to try and get Miggy Rowe to come and have a few words with me as well. That was all nothing that I'd asked for, just uh, um, what he'd put on his own back as a supporter of this podcast. So, yeah, once again, Glenn, you know, I know you'll be listening, but um, many thanks for your support. The, the, one, um, the one question that was unanswered was whether you'd actually donned the microphone on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they, wanted, if they would want to trust me with that, then uh, that's on them. <laughs> <laughs> because as you know, Pete, I like to get a bit oiled uh, before. Nice. Uh, and if I'm, in, if I'm in the Miami Heat watching, uh, watching my team, um, in that in that sunshine in Marlins Park for the first time, then I, I wouldn't be held responsible. So that might not have been the wisest thing if he was going to consider that. Complete. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment, mate. I've seen you both on lager and on pina coladas, and uh, it can get out of hand quickly. Actually, I've seen you on plenty of rosé wine, but we'll come to that one a little bit later. Um, awesome, mate. Great, great summary. Rob Newell, coming to you, buddy. Um, highlights and uh, favourite guest. Well, I, I echo everything that, that Lee and Dan have said about, you know, some of the, the first podcast and, and some of the others they were talking about, especially with, with Glenn as a, a guest. I think he's been fantastic and, and a great supporter, as you say. Um, my favourite ep episodes, um, strangely enough, um, with guests, uh, Miggy, obviously that was a fantastic fantastic episode and i think um because of you know what we are we're, we're watching a, a sport from you know many miles away of course from across the pond and 
I think the questions that you asked, Miggy, were maybe slightly different to what he might be interviewed in the States. And it went really, really well. You know, I love the fact that he said Tommy Eveld was the worst dressed in the in the dressing room. <laughs> I which, knew you'd like that one. <laughs> which is brilliant. And it was it was great. And it was it was a really, really good, fun podcast. I like that one. I never thought I'd say this. But the other one that I really enjoyed was David Sampson. And it was really interesting, again, having that different angle of not just dismissing him as the guy who traded Chris Paddock for Fernando Rodney, but um, just, you know, actually finding out how things were and what his opinion was now and how it's what it takes to run a baseball team was really, really interesting. This is the kind of insight as a fan, many, many sort of thousands of miles away. You don't really understand or know. And getting that background was was incredible. Um, but we've had some brilliant other podcasts. And one of the things for me personally, which has been really good about this, is that I've, I've been a baseball fan for many years, just like like Lee has. And I know Pete and Dan yourselves are more, more sort of current to this. But um, I would, you know, follow the Marlins, a few other teams, watch the odd game here and there. But I've managed to expand my knowledge. I got really into the minor leagues, mainly thanks to this podcast. And um, it's been fascinating to learn how baseball works, how players, you know, develop and their pathways they get up to the major leagues, how many don't make it, what the turnover is like, you know, and how it is for those players riding bus journeys here, there and everywhere. And, and watching some of those minor league games has been fascinating. And... Um, that accumulated, of course, when, um, unfortunately, uh, we were no longer going to have a AAA team in, in New Orleans. But actually, we're going up to Wichita in Kansas, and they were choosing a brand new name. And the, the selections of those names were, were slightly odd. And we went through those uh, in the, the legendary uh, Doodars episode, uh, because we could be now looking at a AAA team called the Wichita Doodars. Uh, <laughs> absolutely agree mate that was that was legendary i mean i hope i hope you've all had a chance to to listen to some of the i guess the extracts that i put out there on twitter um from various episodes you know including episode one including the dogs doodars one that you're highlighting rob i mean absolutely incredible incredible uh well i was just listening in hysterics really just really <laughs> and you shouldn't really kind of you know laugh at your own voice or you know some of your own jokes but it was just some of these moments were just really really funny in many you know the, the doodows one in particular was was a lot of fun um and i must say rob just on the miners point um i know one of the the listeners has already been in touch and as part of their feedback highlighted that one of the main things that they enjoy and that they've in enjoyed listening to is is you and your minor league coverage and the fact that they they're just i guess gobsmacked that you can have that knowledge from a uk guy you know i mean most people struggle to follow what's going on in in, in the majors and you're digging into the clinton lumber kings and and all sorts and you know it's it's definitely come through mate um for sure so you know there's we've all got our and that's what i said you know we we didn't cast this it was Who's up for it? But when I look at it, it's a perfect, it's a perfect, perfect mix of of Rob 
his minor league stuff is a real niche for sure, and his his knowledge is incredible. Dan's merch and excitement factors are, you know, there's there's no one who gets more giddy about anything to do with the Marlins or any merch related activities. And Lee Dobbs, he's the historian, really. He's been there through it all, so we've got that experience too. It's um, you know, it's a perfect perfect blend. So it's great to hear about those those bits. When I think about my favorite episode i number one was special but special <laughs> for the reasons <laughs> you outlined um for sure and then you know really it was the dogs doodars was funny some of the the, the braves and brewers situations yeah. last year also were funny um you know the, the whole situation with the and and that i thought was was great and dan's commentary on that was was brilliant so you know, there's a lot in there. There's a lot in there in, in, in the bag where we've just had a lot of fun with the guys. It was a tough season last year. We didn't win, you know, a lot of games. We had a real rough, rough stretch, um, particularly to start out. But, you know, we, we made the best of it. Um, in terms of guests, it's impossible to, to call one out particularly. Um, Miggy Rowe and having, the, the, having Miggy spend some time with me to you know, 45 minutes or whatever it was, was, was incredible. But I mean, I, I can remember how nervous I was getting ready to speak to, to Glenn first ever time, you know, we'd never had a guest on the podcast and, and, and Glenn was more than happy to speak. And I was so nervous thinking about that. And anyways, become a, a good friend now and a great supporter of this, but the Boog Shombi one too, also really just stand out was a lot of fun. Like Boog, was a lot of fun talking to, you know, he, he was running off in the middle of the podcast to go and dig another world series ring out. I mean, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and he was expecting me to edit it, I assume, but you know, he doesn't realize fish across the pond. That's not how we roll. Like, uh, <laughs> not required. So yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome journey. I have to also shout out, um, Jason Latimer and, and the guys at the Marlins who've, who've, who've also helped and supported us. So, and now just to finish up, on favourite episodes and guests so far. It's over to you guys, the listeners, why we do this podcast. Absolutely astounded for the amount of clips I've received, so thank you to everyone. Here they all are, in full. Enjoy. Terve, as we say here in Finland, Pete and the rest of the guys working on the pod, Brockley and Dan. This is Tommy from Finland calling in. Uh, congratulations on the Big 50. That is a huge amount of work done, uh, great content, and hopefully a lot more to come. My favorite episode has been the one with El Capitan Mikel Rojas. It's nice to hear from players and get some bits and pieces inside the clubhouse. Also have a big respect for players like Rojas to take their time, for the fans also in the smaller markets. And to hear them talk about the Marlins, I think it's special. Also have told you this on Twitter earlier, but I think that intro music, that is the best in the business. I made pancakes for my daughter this morning and we listened to the latest episode, or at least we tried to, because all she wanted to hear was the music all over again. I think we heard that about 20 times. So yeah, uh, all the best for you guys and everybody listening. Be safe and see you in the World Series. Bye. Congratulations on your 50th episode, Fish Across the Pond. This is Francisco from At Marlins History, the Marlins historian. 
And I have to say my favorite episode or interview so far has been with Boog Shambi, just getting his insight from the 1997 and 2003 team and everything in between was pretty cool. And it was pretty funny to have him step away from the mic to grab some memorabilia and his rings. That was pretty awesome. Take care and looking forward to the next 50 episodes. Hello, Pete. Here is Baldaya from Spain. Congrats for this 50 episode and all the best wishes for the next ones. Uh, if I take to, if I have to take some moment, I'm in with international round table. Not only for my performance in it, also was an amazing experience. But because show all of Marlin Sav around the world and the union behind this organization. A lot of awesome guests passed in this program, like El Capitan Miguel Rojas, Craig Mish, Mi Amigo Glenn Gaffner, Eli Sussman, The Godfather, Danny Martinez, Jeremy Teixe, and others. Oh man, that's fantastic. Thanks for your amazing work and enjoy with this short season. Why not us? Go fish! Hey, what's up, guys? This is Jorge from South Carolina. Hey, congrats on 50. Uh, love you guys. Keep up the great work. Uh, as far as um, favorite uh, guest, uh, I you know, I have to say Mish. Uh, you know, I love his insight, and uh, I love the fact that he's uh, so gracious to interact with all of us and come on different podcasts and, uh, you know, drop some Mish bombs, so... For me, that's uh, that's always a favorite of mine. Keep up the good work. Look forward to listening, and you guys have a good one. Be safe. Hey, PA lads, and all the other Marlins fans out there. It's only Alan Witz from Worcester here. Um, I've been a Marlins fan since 1998 when I went to Disneyland on holiday, and I thought it was only right to support a team in the actual state that I'd been to, and it's still the only state that I've ever been to. And I went away from uh, the game for a number of years, but I fell back in love couple of years ago now and found that there are other Marlins fans out there in the UK and um, says podcast shows um, anyway my favorite episode would have to be when Rob was proper nerding out on the minor league report I couldn't believe how someone when there's so much depth and so much, so much time to deal with the whole farm system from over here with the time difference and not being able to watch all the games it was great listening and a proper nerd out session uh, the Miggy Row episode was also a great coup for the podcast and was a tribute to show how well you've all done and to get such a great guest on who talks so open and free was uh, brilliant, so well done. Um, a special mention to Pete, who segues here, there and everywhere and he can maybe make a drinking game out of that for every time he mentions it. Um, I know he drinks them. I know you all like a drink or two in there during the episodes anyway, but I could get you uh, proper going. Uh, anyway, keep up the great work, work, lads. Here's to another 50, and hopefully at some point, a winning season. Take care. Congrats on number 50, Pete. This is Daniel DeVivo. Um, I, I podcast with, with Alex at, at Swimming Upstream. Um, I'm very proud of you for, for number 50 here. Uh, it's not it's not an easy feat. I can tell you that as a fellow um, international baseball fan, I'm from Colombia. 
Um, I just want to congratulate you again. I'd say my favorite guest, my favorite episode was probably the one with Miggy. Um, he's just he's just amazing, and, and and I loved how he how he turned around and started asking you questions. You know, trying to know about how you being a British. Um, you know, someone from Britain, how you got into baseball. So I love that. And I also love the episode with David Sampson. I was not expecting that. It was a really interesting um, episode to get his take and, and see what he thought about uh, what was going on in, in the world and in baseball. So congrats again, my friend, and and keep it up. I'll keep listening here. Hi, guys. This is Eli Sussman, Mr. Fishstripes, a.k.a. King of Gifts. I'd have to say that my favorite memory of Fish Across the Pond so far would have to be episode 48, where I myself got to be a guest for the first time, along with Jeremy Taché, hosted by Peter Pratt, and that was a great conversation heading into this 2020 season. But surprisingly, my favorite episode or episodes would not be that one, rewind a full year to last July, episode 20, a two-parter. The first part was your reaction to the London series and like a mid-season Marlins report. And then the second part was an, was an interview with Glenn Geffner, Peter and Glenn. And I think we've all gotten to know Glenn quite a bit better over the past year or so. And it was excellent in that episode to hear many of his anecdotes about working with the Marlins, before the Marlins, and that was on the heels of this excellent Twitter thread that he put out about the state of the organization and the future that they're heading towards. So Glenn is an excellent ambassador for the team, and he was so articulate about all that, so excited about all that. Keep up the good work, guys. Go Fish. Hey, this is Johnny Bowen. I'm honored to be part uh, the Fish Across the Pond podcast. I am delighted uh, with this invitation. Wants to tell Pete and everyone involved, congratulations on your 50th podcast. And uh, I'm delighted to have met Pete a couple months ago as part of a Zoom call. And again, this is a huge honor. I really respect the passion of the fans in the UK, the effort that they make to keep up with baseball. And congratulations again, this is quite an accomplishment. Hey Peter, hey guys, Sean here. Long time listener and one time podcast guest. A quick message to say congratulations on your 50th episode. Tough to pick a favorite moment. I could be my pick and choose my appearance on the show. But for me, I'd have to say the appearances from Glenn Gaffner. Back when I could only get Marlin broadcasts on radio, he and Dave Van Horn were the voices that gave the game's life. To have Geff on the podcast and having him as a show friend is testament to the quality and passion of the show. Here's to the next 50 and beyond. Hey all, my name is Zach Rabb. Um, I'm in Florida right now, but I lived in Israel for nearly the past decade, so I understand what it means to live across the pond. Um, my favorite episode of uh, Fish Across the Pond was definitely episode number 39, where Miguel Rojas joined the conversation. I remember listening to that episode as I was actually waiting in the airport for a flight across the pond uh, on my way back to Israel through Spain. So that was uh, very fitting that I listened to my favorite episode as I was waiting to fly across the pond. Um, 
I found that that episode was incre incredibly cool. The fact that Miguel Ross took his time, took time out of his day to join a podcast all the way in Europe that cares, you know, a group of guys and a group of listeners and a fan base that cares about the Marlins from, from so far away. For him to take the time out of his day to share, you know, his funny stories, both the teammates section, section at the end of the podcast uh, and just in general, the whole conversation, giving you guys that his time of day was incredibly cool and, and kudos to the Marlins organization for helping put that together. That would have never happened in the past and it was just exciting to see him give you guys that time. So keep up the good work and uh, keep it rolling past, the, past this monumental episode. Good luck. Hey man, I love what you guys are doing on the UK podcast. My name is Nate Mesker. I represent Illinois in the United States, Washington, Illinois. I've uh, been a Marlins fan since day one. I was nine. I love what you guys are doing on the podcast. The best one I've actually really enjoyed the most uh, has got to be the interview with David Sampson. I know that's crazy, all the pain and turmoil he put us through. But as annoying as that guy is, he's fascinating to listen to talk about when he owned and managed the Marlins, uh, or oh, was the president. Um, you know, talking about the good times and any time listening, rem reminiscing about Jose, those times, it's just things that I really enjoy listening to that getting more into the uh, history of the Marlins. I love where we're going, but I also love where we've been because it's not going to make winning that much sweeter when we finally get there. So keep up the good work over there, guys. Um, hope to take part in a pod someday. Had to miss out on that one, but I love it. You guys do good work. Look forward to hearing from you more, man. Take it easy. Hey, Marlins UK, it's uh, Danny the Godfather here. I, I think if I had to choose one, right, I think I would still go with the Miggy Row interview, mostly because he's the number one spot, right, in the episode. I know I'm holding on to number two, the episode that, that y'all and I did together. So I think there's some envy there. But, but really, my answer to what's been most exciting with you guys is not one episode, it's not one guest, it's not one highlight or the shockometer or anything like that. It's watching the growth of that account and watching the growth of the podcast and for as cliche as that sounds it's awesome that you know a band of brothers in the uk of all places um have been following the fish as closely as you guys have have gone from just conversations between you all to conversations with players to conversations with guests like myself and others to being you know quote unquote credentialed and, and being in zoom meetings with the marlins and and all the marlins playing marlins players knowing exactly who you are when you're about to ask a question it's fantastic so congratulations on 50 congratulations on all of the success that you guys are having and um i know we have something in store pete you and i coming up soon but even after that i hope to to join the show over and over again all right bless you all and again congratulations on all you've accomplished there we go guys that's you know it's it's good to reflect, but equally, we're at an interesting time. As we record this now, it's it's Tuesday, 21st of July. Um, it's about 9.30 UK time. And we're about to, we're probably about three hours away, slightly under. Um, the Marlins, I guess, kicking off their, their season with an exhibition, first exhibition game against the Braves. Um, and so, baseball's here again, guys. We've been podcasting for, what? 
eight, nine months with no baseball to talk about. So (laughs) we're finally back. We're finally back, guys. And there's going to be stuff on our screens on a daily basis. So I'm absolutely delighted about that. Dan, I want to come to you first on this one. The game tonight, Jose Ureña, starting pitcher, will not be required to take any at-bats. But Jose Ureña pitching to open up for uh, for the Marlins in in uh, Atlanta, um, just I guess what are you what are you excited about from these exhibition games, if anything, or uh, is this just you know fine tuning and uh, let's stay healthy? Yeah, that's that's the main thing always. I mean, a, a win would be nice, but it's by no means the most important thing tonight. Like any exhibition game, you know, preseason game, whatever you want to call it, it's um it's all just about tuning up. Um, getting yourself game ready and uh, and most importantly coming away healthy. So, but I'm excited to uh, I'm excited anyway. Marlins baseball is back as you said, um, and I believe was was Urania um, starting opening day pitcher last season. He was last year. Yeah, was yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see because it didn't go to plan last year for Jose. So um, I'm I'm interested to see what what you can put on the on the ball tonight because. Uh, I always root for him. I've always liked him. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to see him back firing because uh, he's an asset still, I feel. So, um, yeah, as I said, a bit interesting to see tonight's game. Um, great to have it back on our screens, um, but just about getting getting ready. That's all it is tonight. Yeah, and reports are, reports are good from from Jose coming out of, out of camp, I guess. Even, well, spring training, he was looking good. Um, and equally in this now, this summer camp, He's reports are good. Uh, he looks, he looks ready. Um, you know, he's feeling good. So, you know, it's an interesting year for Arania, I guess. You know, and he called it out on the in 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 the, the the media coverage. You know, he said, you know, there's there's a lot of arms in camp, and I think he described it as, you know, these guys are coming at it spicy. You know, is there's a lot of heat in camp, and so. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see see how the whole Arania situation plays out. Obviously, spent time closing games last year, went on a nice run as a starter after starting slow, but then got hurt. And you know, he's a very versatile versatile guy. I think Arania, but yeah. the interesting part for him is, and for us, is whether actually he becomes an asset at the trade deadline. Like you know, it's that's going to be. We tried to. It, there's been talks of that going on for a while, but. Anyway, let's not go into that. I, I, I love Jose as well. I love I love his mentality. Um, Lee, I'll come to you, buddy. I'm just going to read this out. Um, this is the first, this is the exhibition game one, the starting lineup. Um, and I'll just read it out in order. Brian Anderson, no, Jonathan VR. Brian Anderson, Corey Dickerson, Jesus Aguilar, Cooper Loop, Harold Ramirez, Isan Diaz, Alfaro, and Miggy Rowe. That's one to nine. I think of Marlins gone, you know, best lineup here straight off the bat. Is that is that sounding like the strongest lineup to you? Uh, yeah, for me, that would be the lineup I expect on Friday night. Yeah, for, yeah, for the for, for the opening game. Mm-hmm. I think is it Cooper who's DH? Yeah, Cooper. So yeah, yeah sorry, the one bit. Yeah. yeah, the one note to add in is is Cooper loops DH yeah. in there, so. Yeah. Should probably be the way the way the way they they start off with. So yeah, for me that's probably our strongest lineup now. 
So 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 it looks like we're we're going to come out firing. As I say we got we got we got a nice a nice you know early series series with the, with the Phillies and Orioles and that that lineup should be be good enough to win us a win us a few games. So yeah, I, I can't see many changes being made to it. I know there was talk of Diaz maybe playing you know starting in 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 the lineup soon, but. Obviously, it's all about all about the service time now. And at a minute, it was it was they got to be six days off, you know, to, to not count for, for for like a year. So I think we won't see any of the the minor sort of playing yet, and, and until the weekend at least. Because I mean, to be honest, there's no point. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, the, the rules are are silly, but um, but you know, they are the rules. So. Yeah, yeah, that that looks to be to be to be the strongest lineup now. Yeah, it feels good. I I kind of yeah. looked down that lineup and yeah, it's not. It, it yeah. looks how I, it looks like kind of what I was expecting, yeah. but it just looks good. I mean, you you know you add in there no, the are at the top no of the holes list. in there. Yeah, it's good. There's no, yeah, there's no there's no holes. Um, I mean, there's players in there that have got stuff to prove. I mean, Aguilar. Was an all star in 2018, but certainly wasn't in 2019. But he's got it in the locker. Um, Corey Dickerson, can he stay healthy? If he can, he'll hit. Um, you know, Cooper Loop, can he stay fit? That's the question with Cooper Loop always. Um, you know, Isan Diaz, you know, what's he going to be? You know, they've all got yeah. the potentials there. They've all got question marks. If it clicks, wow, it will absolutely click. And this will be, yeah. you know, will be. It will, it will. Um, well, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Rob Newell, let's let's dive into the rotation if we can. Um, where we're trending here, we know Sandy's opening, starting up in in Philly. Think Nola might be starting for the Phillies actually, but anyway, let's just focus in on the Marlins. So we, I guess the one surprise though, and this is what I wanted to get your view on, was Yams was. I think we felt that Yams would probably be the number five. And then he was optioned back down to the, I don't know, the, the, the alternate squad, the training squad, however you want to phrase it. He was optioned down to that squad earlier this week. So Yams won't be the fifth man. Um, everything's pointed towards um, Eliezer being the fifth. Thoughts on that one, mate? Bit of a head scratcher or? Uh, a little bit. I think we were talking in the last episode about um, that, uh, that Yamamoto's got more tools and last year it was clear that it was Hernandez went down at the bullpen and Yamamoto stayed in the rotation and so there was a little bit of surprise they've come back and said that it was um that physically that Hernandez was more ready and I think it was a very much a fine line thing and also remember with um the the kind of like their sort of genesis of how they got there Yamamoto was in uh, double A and got promoted straight up. Yeah. Whereas Hernandez is an old Rule Five pick, so there is there's there's very different players in the way they've actually managed to get into that Marlins rotation. But and I say the same thing for Harrison, uh, Monte Harrison, is that um, I think these lineups are going to be really really fluid mm-hmm. um, because you've got players coming in really. I know they had the spring training, but it's been a massive gap in between. So you have players off form; they're more prone for injury, um, and, and we, it, also with that is that teams 
could fall out of the race very, very quickly. So if that's the case, they're going to more likely bring in the, the younger players and the more fringe players. Uh, there could be trades that could happen. And then suddenly you only want to trade um, one of the starters and Yamamoto straight back in. So all these things could happen really, really quickly. So am I surprised that Yamamoto's gone, you know, uh, has not made the top five a little bit. And mm-hmm. if you look on stats last year, uh, Hernandez um, actually had a better strikeout per nine, for instance. So, yes, he had a higher ERA and didn't have like the impressive start that Yamamoto did or maybe all the tools that Yamamoto has. But I'm pretty sure you'll see Yamamoto pretty soon in the season. Um, but, you know, I think it was a fine line in the end. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess on the wider... The wider pieces, Dan, we've got, you know, good reports from Caleb. He was, you know, Dr. K was back to, you know, doing Dr. K things the other night in, in the sim game where I think they were about two innings in and he struck out six guys like he was just tearing it up. So, you know, good signs from Dr. K. What do you, how you feel about him going into the year, mate? Because he started, he was, he was nuts for the first half, then got injured and didn't quite recapture it. But thoughts on Caleb? Yeah, I mean, everyone knows that I'm a big fan of of Caleb. So um, yeah, it was he came in very very hot last year. He was by far our standout player, standout pitcher. Yeah, standout player. Full stop. He was mm-hmm. he was uh, all star select really. I think all the way up to his injury, and then as you just said, yeah, got injured. Didn't really come back um, as we knew it, it playing how we could do. But then maybe being maybe a bit uh, restricted in injury, maybe not really giving it a hundred percent and trying to push it and when it was really nothing to play for in that sense. So uh, why bother risking more more potential injury? So it's great for him to see him come back with a fresh slate, looking really sharp um, so far, um, because we know there's no finer sight when he's on form and he's just he's racking up those Ks. Well, you know, that, that's what he's there to do. And I don't think anyone does it better in our rotation than him when he's on fire like that. Yeah. Lee, I'll just, just finish up with you, mate, on the rotation. I, I just wanted to get your sense on Pablo. Um, just to finish up here, I, I think really Sandy we know, and he's earned that he's earned that spot, opening uh, opening day starter. Um, Caleb's earned his spot as the number two guy from what he did last year. He you know legitimate number two guy there striking everyone out. Um, Arena's been strong, but I just wanted to get your take on Pablo. The reports coming out of camp are that that Pablo is the real standout out of camp. I mean. If he can stay healthy, how much of a bonus will that be for for the Marlins to, I guess, you know, almost have a, you know, Sandy Mark too? Yeah, I say that. I mean, we we've seen what what he can do, you know, and and he's proved, you know, he he's proved in in the games. But as you, as you alluded to, his issue has always been staying staying healthy. You know, he, he looks good and then gets hurt, and when he comes back, he's never quite the same again. Then then they find it again. So he's he's quite streaky in, in his in his performances so we, we, but if he can stay healthy yeah he'll be a, be a huge you know help at, at the top of the, the rotation and I know I know we all like him but he's always probably a trade candidate maybe as one as, as one of the ones to go I think between him and Caleb would be the two that that might garner most you know interest and and quite a decent decent haul back so yeah so there, there, there's a few, a few reasons why why having him him healthy will be good, you mm. know, for, for the team. Yeah, 
I'm really intrigued about Pablo. You know he's my guy. He always has been. Um, one of the tools that's taken away from him this year is the hitting. He won't be hitting this year. Um, I'm not sure if I shared this with you guys, but he, uh, I asked him about it directly, and he said he's he's absolutely gutted that he's not able to hit. He said it's the one of his favorite parts of his game <laughs> is is being able to hit. So, you know, I know we'd spoken about that in the past. Is you know what are the how do the pitchers feel about hitting? Um, and I haven't spoken and asked Pablo directly. He's disappointed not to have that opportunity. He feels like he could contribute offensively. And I think that's, you know, that's played out. It's not true for all of the, all of the pitchers for sure. But <laughs> anyway, I, just to, I guess, finish up on the rotation. Something that I thought was interesting um, was the, the bat flips and nerds guys who equally we, we spent a lot of time with and, and uh, have enjoyed their company over the, the couple of years we've we've all followed baseball and whatever. Um, their view on the Marlins rotation recently uh, that I've seen them put out anyway is that it's absolute garbage. So, um, uh, Rob, in, in your sense there, is this just a lack of education? Do they just not know? Are they not following the Marlins and thus they're coming to these conclusions? Because I think the Marlins rotation is a real strength. Yeah, I think... Um... Any UK fan and as knowledgeable as the bat flips and nerds guys are, um, in uh, they would acknowledge that they really know about their own teams and get very little time to to watch any other team. And I think the Marlins were not newsworthy in any shape or form last year. So what, unless you were playing the Marlins, what would you really uh, watch them for? So you know, like sometimes you uh, Marlins aren't playing one evening you look at the other game to choose you probably choose a, a Dodgers game an Astros game a, a one of the top teams to watch or someone in the NL East you wouldn't think mm, I really really fancy watching I don't know the Orioles or I really fancy watching the Kansas City Royals and and that I think is more of a, a case that they didn't watch the Marlins they didn't know what we we're all about and of course they don't know the effect that our farm system has a improving farm system does not affect how many wins you get in an MLB season. You feel that a couple of years down the line. Yeah. So that's a lack of education. But if you look down our our, our order, um, you know, Sandy Alcantara would fit in any team, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, last year, 32 games he started, just under 200 innings. Um, you know, we, we talked about that he needs to be more aggressive in strikeouts and bits and pieces like that. But even so, um, you know, he's he's low ERA, you know, decent stats across the board pretty much. And he would fit in anywhere. I think Caleb Smith would also be a, a lower rotation piece in most teams, especially with these high strikeout rates. Um, Pablo Lopez, when he's fit and healthy, like we've just been talking about again. And I just think they, these are not household names, but maybe... <laughs> If we get a good start, they would be. So we're here to surprise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not us? Why not us, as they say? And coming, perfect segue moment. And I, someone called this out on the on the feedback, actually, we've got through, is that, that, that Pete Pratt's segues are, uh, <laughs> in, in, in their opinion, legendary. I, I didn't realise, but I guess I'm about to use one. Let's Let's get into predictions, guys. We need to... We need to spend some time looking at not just the Marlins, but the NL East in terms of where we see in the 60-game sprint wins and losses and, I guess, p- 
position rankings, let's say. So, who wants to kick off? Have we got any willing uh, participants on the on the predictions? I'm going to save Rob to the end, actually, because uh, <laughs> I mean that's that, that's probably the right thing to do. What you say, Lee? You're kind of you're looking like you want to say something. Oh, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, you take the lead off spot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like Fulham Marlins in. I think, I think we will we will surprise a few, and but obviously it's just, just the schedule is really going to hurt us. So even if we're playing well, we might lose a few games that 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 you know, we would have won against against you know some some lower teams. So I'm going to say <laughs> twenty six and thirty four is the Marlins record. Okay. And that's good. And that's good for what position in the NL East? So, still fifth. Still it's going to be so close, though. Yeah, it's it, going to it be. It might so only close. be about seven games off first. Yeah. Okay. Who have you got winning it then? Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I don't want to say I'm, I'm going to go with the Braves again. Oh, really? I don't want to, but. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, you know, I've seen Bob, you know, on Twitter moaning about how no one picks them. So, mm. so, the, so pick. the Braves for me now. Then, <laughs> ah, this is for you, then, Bob Bamba. Yeah, hope you're listening as well, buddy. Someone has picked them. Yeah, good. Okay, good. So we got the Marlins in fifth. Marlins in fifth. Braves winning the division. Just yeah. give me quickly then the two, three, four spots. Uh, Mets, Nats, and Phillies after that. The Mets in second, Nats third, Phillies fourth. Okay. Okay, cool. Sounds good. It sounds like you're thinking it's going to be like a, a clustered division. Yeah, say so I reckon seven, eight, eight games between them, yeah. yeah. Very close. Yeah. Okay. Puts the Braves at maybe 33, 34 wins. Yeah, right? there, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Dan Healy, give me some positivity. How are you feeling? <laughs> well, um, talking about bat flips, just before we came on, they was doing their grand bonanza of going through every team and uh, seeing how their record would be. And uh, just before we come on, they cut. They just done their quick segment on the Marlins, um, and they gave you a shout out because uh, they they said to, about your predictions that you put out on your on your uh, Twitter feed recently, Pete. So they had a lot to say about that. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, yeah, they said um, that our hashtag "Why not us?" Well, they said their answer was "Well, because you're crap." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, but you know, we, we're we're an optimistic bunch here. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a brutal division. It's a brutal fix to this. Nothing points to any of this being great. But we are better than we were last year. Um, I'm going to put us in fourth spot this year. Mm. And I'm going to put us on 28 wins. Okay. Winning the division is? Braves. Ooh. <laughs> Braves love. Okay. Braves. Like, lightly, this is going to be, it's going to be clustered. I can only see probably, yeah, six, seven. Yeah, so I think seven wins between top and bottom. So it's going to be clustered. I'm going to go Braves. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go, oh, God, Nationals. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go Phillies, then us, and Mets. And even though Mets are a lot better this year, they'll just find a way to trip up over themselves and, yeah. and finish bottom. I mean, that's that, that's a, a legitimate claim. 
on the Mets, no doubt. That's that's legit. I mean, they've already lost Thor, obviously, which is a big, you know, it's a big miss for them. Um, I think Thor's Tommy John, so um, Degrom's hurt his back, getting out of bed or whatever he's done. So yeah, you you're right. The Mets are already metsing it um, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. It up. yeah, I guess so. So yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, Rob, bring us bring us home on this one, buddy. What what are you thinking? How many? How many does it start with a five or a four for the Marlins win total? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> if only um, we are, yeah, we're still in a difficult league, and I haven't drunk enough to <laughs> um, to, to start it with a five or a four. Mm. Or sadly, well, you know, uh, or do I start it with a three? That's 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 the the other thing which we were talking about in previous weeks. We were really really high on the Marlins and the fact that, you know, it's a 60-game season. We've got a fairly decent team now, especially the infield looking really, really good. We could surprise. And like you're talking about the, the Mets, who have been picked in a, in a couple of predictions to win the division. And you talked about, you know, uh, Syndergaard. But also they've lost Zach Wheeler as well. So I know they're, they're stronger in other areas. But um, And you look at the Nationals. Um, yes, yeah, still a really, really good team and and you know obviously Scherzer I think had a had, had a rough outing the other day but he tends to do that in in well, normal spring training but you still got Strasbourg you still got a very strong team you don't have Rendon and does that big miss a, a big factor the big Phillies, best, best rotation they got the best rotation but that Rendon the off that the impact on the offense is massive there for the Nats um but I mean yeah we'll see We'll see on the Nats. I'm I'm intrigued to see how they go. I, I it it feels when it's sixty games, you're into postseason already. And typically, or most recently anyway, in postseasons, pitching is winning out. And what that says to me is the Nats should be strong then. But I don't know. We'll see. But that's why I like the Marlins this year, because I think we're sneaky good on the pitching. We've built our team around pitching. Um so yeah, we'll see. Um, okay, so where are you going then? Marlins are going to finish in? Right, so I think the Marlins are going to finish third. Third? Holy <laughs> moly, that's... Oh, my Lord. You had but them, it, you had them yeah. in fourth last year, so you've, you've bumped them up to third this year. <laughs> so this is in my, my obviously, wild fantasies. And, and the, the, the reason being is that like I said at the end of last week, I think you'll find there's some wacky teams that could end up winning these divisions and or or getting into wildcard spots. I mentioned teams like the Texas Rangers, who are a slightly different outfit this year. Um, who knows? They could either go one way or the other. Cincinnati Reds. There's a few others around there. Even the Padres, you look around and you think, actually, if it all all the dots line up, they could make it through as a real shock team. I'm not sure we're quite there. I think we do have the rotation. I just don't think we've got the depth, especially certain areas, maybe in the outfield. I think we're about a year away, maybe, from getting that strength coming through there. Um, still a little bit of a concern what happens if we get a couple of players off form in the rotation or injured. I know we've got Yamamoto to bring in. There's Duggar. We haven't got a massive amount of experience. It's not like you're bringing in someone out of the bullpen who's done it before. Um, so I, I'm going to go for a, a bang on 30 okay. for, the, for the Marlins. Um, I think the 
team that's going to win it, strangely, I think it's going to be the Phillies. Mm. Um, I think they could probably get something like 33, 34 wins. Um, then I think it's going to be the Braves. Then us, um, equal with the, the Mets. And I actually think the Nationals are going to struggle. You said that last year, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, and which was um, probably the worst prediction out there. But there we go. I, I just—it it sounds such a, a juxtaposition, doesn't it? Because they're coming off that that winning season, but and I don't think Scherzer is going to be that good this year in a short season. I, the, I think the loss of Rendon is going to really hit them. The loss of Zimmerman, I think, is going to hit them, and I don't think they've replaced in the same quantity. And I think if they, they could go for another bad start like they did last year, and that's where I think it was with the Nationals. So they are, that's, that's Nationals back-to-back World Series champions. There you go. Book it. <laughs> Book it with the Nats. Okay, so I'll let you guys just briefly ponder on your your predictions now for the, for the Philly series. And we'll very quickly as well do the Orioles. Although it's two series, it's a four-game um, I guess two and two. So um, I'll let you guys ponder on that a sec, just while I briefly remind everyone of my, what are now seemingly wild predictions that I've already um, tweeted and pinned. So here you go in reverse order in fifth place, the Braves with 25 wins, the Nats, 29 wins, Phillies, 30 wins, the Marlins, 33 wins, and then the Mets with 33 wins. I've no idea what I was thinking when I wrote this tweet. I'd had a skin full of uh, Rioja the night before. I was absolutely sweating red wine. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, that's what's out there. I've pinned it. Um, I'm sticking with it. Mainly, I'm mainly just down on the Braves. I was last year too. I was, you know, I was down, and they obviously ran away with it. But I'm, I'm just feeling just down on them. Um, time will tell. The reality is, I think you guys have kind of alluded to this already, anything can happen in 60 games for any team. And the way the cream normally rises to the top in baseball, but this season the cream won't have the time to rise. And so who gets hot? Who starts fast? Who's injured? Who's available? Who's got COVID? There's so many factors that are just so unknown. Um, So I've pretty much flipped the division here because, yeah, why not? So... Let's round off, guys, with our first predictions. First series predictions. I want Phillies. I'm coming to you, Lee Dobbs, first up. I want this a three-game set. Sandy on the mound. That's 1-0. Caleb finishing up. Yep. Anyway, sorry, mate. Go ahead. Phillies. Yeah. yeah. We win the first game. Let's take Arlen say we win the series 2-1. Oh, love it. Love it. Down the man. Get the brooms out. Oh, four. Three nil. Three nil Miami. Oh, my Lord. Dan Healy has got his early broom out. Rob Newell, <laughs> is it double broom? I'm, I'm going to let everybody down and go for 2 1 to the Phillies. I think um, as much as Sandy is up against Nola, I'd imagine. Yeah. And then I'd it, probably Wheeler, who we know is very consistent. So that'll be a tough matchup. And Arietta, who we, we, doesn't, you know, he could have a brilliant season, be one of the pit, best pitchers in MLB, or he could be terrible again. So mm-hmm. it's uh, that will be difficult. But I can see us taking 
one of the games, but I think it'll be quite difficult. They're such an experienced side, and uh, and I think we'll take a little time to gel. Yep, I'm intrigued about the Phillies. They've got they've got names. I'm not convinced personally about them, but they have names and they could catch fire very easily. So they're an intriguing prospect as a, as a team. I don't think they have the depth. I don't think they have the pitching. Um, we'll see. I think we'll beat them, actually. Um, I think we'll beat them 2-1. So there you go. I hope we beat them 2-1 where opening day, maybe I'll fall asleep halfway through because it's late. And then I hope, I hope we have a, a Saturday-Sunday extravaganza. That's what I'm looking for. Um, looks like, and I guess the way the rotational work is, you've got Caleb with uh, Ureña uh, in, in, in the third, which leaves another segue, Pablo, to take the opening day start, I guess, at Marlins Park against um, against the O's. So we've got a four-game set. So quickly, again, round the horn, Lee Dobbs in the four games. How are you seeing it against the O's? 3-1. Uh, cannon, cannon fodder, right? Yeah, we win the two in Miami, yeah. lose one on the road. So we go 3-1 and start the year 5-2. and two. Five and two start from Lee Dobbs. Love it. Dan Healy is going for one, two, three. That's three sweeps in a row from Dan Healy, <laughs> I'm saying. Well, well, almost. Well, actually, I'll tell you what, I think, yes, you're right. Because the reason why I'm, I'm saying sweeping against the Phillies is because they just don't like playing us. And that will still be in their mind. They're, we are their bogey team if ever there is one. So we're going to go there and, and really mess up their seasons straight away. So that's why I've gone with a sweep there. And then we'll then come back to Marlins Park absolutely void on that sweep and do exactly the same to uh, to the Orioles with uh, at Marlins Park. So we're going to go back-to-back sweep, start season 5 and 0. Oh. oh, my Lord. But then I think we're going to go away and then lose both of them. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I reckon we're going to go sweep, sweep, reverse sweep. Wow. <laughs> and end up 5 and 2. Uh, sorry. Uh, yes, that's right, isn't it? 5 and 2 still to yeah. start the season. Five and two. Wow. I'm actually going to put a sneaky quid on that on Labrooks um, just to see how that one plays out. I think there's <laughs> think there's some value in those bets. Rob, Neil, what are you saying for the O's? Four nil um, to the... Or, no, Marlins. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, the Orioles are the, the, I believe, the worst team. Blue Jays are bad, but um, they, there is nothing in their opening rotation... Um, uh, spot these names if you know them. John Means, who? Alex, oh, he's now going to probably get the win <laughs> off this yeah. one. He's now a pretty <laughs> Alex Nats, Cobb. Nats um, are World Series winners, and John Means has got the Cy Young. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Alex Cobb, who's had some sort of um, up and down years. Wade LeBlanc. These are, these are players that. Um, Hector Velasquez. These are all the players that once you get the end of any baseball draft, they're all still available, and that that does cause you know concern. Actually, yeah. the only thing I do know about them, they've got a very good reliever called Hunter Harvey, and I believe he's now injured. So um, uh, the rest of it is is difficult. Uh, Trey Mancini is, I think, is on the IL as well. Yes. They're really struggling. They've lost, of course, their main man to us. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going for a 4-0 a, a walkover. I mean, it's looking woeful for the O's, isn't it? When you strip it back, they've really got nothing. I know people want to beat up on the Marlins, but the O's are <laughs> in a real bad spot. <laughs> Awful. Um, 
for that, I guess for that reason, I'm going to go three one. Actually, do you know what? We've all gone the same. Have we all got five two? Actually, I've just realised as well that our me saying that we'll go sweep them to start with and then they'll sweep us, but then that'll be back round to to Sandy and Caleb. So I've got to amend that because, um, because yeah, that that's that's they're not they're not sweeping us when we've got them to one. So I'll say yeah, it'll be three and one. So I'm going a six and one start. Minus six and one. Love it, love it, guys. I I think we're just about there for time. Um, so it's a good way to end it with a, a six one prediction from from Dan here. And I, I guess guys, when we strip it back for this year, if we're gonna do anything. We have to start fast in these yeah. first three series. They're absolutely paramount for us. And it's going to be so interesting about how if teams get behind, you know, how are they going to play it? All of a sudden, if what should be strong teams, if they have a, a, sh- a shit start, um, you know, are they going to make different roster decisions than they would have done? You know, service time is definitely playing a factor here with everyone, you know, five days, seven days, 14 days for a year. There's loads of factors in play here. So if the Marlins start hot, you know, who knows? And it's interesting that if other teams start really slow, like a Phillies, if they get done out the blocks, you know, they're, you know, one and six, what are they going to do? Um, so intriguing hey, stuff, guys. Go on, hey, Rob. I must say, uh, before we, we sign off, though, the, the big thanks is to you organising all of this. Yes. Um, and the amount of work and time that you put in on Twitter, con- getting all those contacts, especially with the Marlins, um, you know, some of the, the people that you've interviewed, we, you know, we talk about sort of Miggy, David Sampson, Craig Mish, um, you know, and the whole whole list of guys from Fish Stripes, etc. Um, has been incredible. And to actually get that from what is, you know, four guys who are, uh, you know, amateur you know, armchair watchers by by choice because we're we're the other side of the pond um, is incredible. So well done uh, to you and and uh, thank you for all the work you put into this. Absolutely, boys. It's, it's well been done. it's been a pleasure, guys. So, yeah, let's let's finish off our beers there. We'll have a quick pause on the mic while we all neck these beers. Your tea, Lee. Mark Mark <laughs> well there we go guys episode 50 is in the books I'm going to call it in the books um, it's been awesome talking lads um, we'll be back next week because we'll have we'll have a few series of baseball to talk about so in advance of that I want you to be thinking when the games are happening think of your emoji of the week because that is coming back for next week I'm announcing it now emoji of the week is going to be back in I may even get really creative and have a mailbag section as well. We haven't had one of them for a while. So looking forward to it, guys. Let's really enjoy opening day and the opening series. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's been a lot of fun doing these pods, and I really appreciate your time. And I really appreciate the listeners and the feedback we've had and all of the guests we've had on. And here's to 50 more. So 50's in the books. and will be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>